Hey guys, this is a session of Anyone Can Wear a Mask by Jeff Stormer of the Party of One podcast. His upcoming RPG, which is soon going to be on Kickstarter. If you liked what you hear, consider supporting it on Kickstarter. Link in the show notes. Anyway, I want to say thanks to the following Patreon listeners. Daniel Andrelick, Fabian, Warren Cummings, Matt Hill, Rochelle Jackson, Matthew Pro, Case, Nick Morgan, Mike Shalman, and David Millar. Thanks for helping us figure out who's behind the mask. And it's all going to come down on top of the heads of these people who like are all covering their ears and trying to run out themselves. Uh, okay, so you've caused some collateral damage. You damaged the, this, this building comes down. Everybody gets out of it safely. As you are, you know, right now your scream is just breaking glass and windows and stuff. And the guy with one final smirk towards you and a wink aims his gauntlet towards the pillars, which usually your things wouldn't that affect unless you're going full blast. And he fires one last shot. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Fandible Actual Play Podcast. This is Angela, and I'm not actually running the game today. Uh, instead, we have a very, very special guest, uh, our friend uh, Jeff Stormer of the Party of One podcast, who is here with an awesome superhero game, which is why uh, Billy is here too, and that's why the two of us were like, yes, we need to play this, since you know that we are our superhero aficionados. Yes, 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 we, uh, yes, we are. I'm very excited about this, and since it's me and Angela playing, and along with Jeff, uh, I think he is the uh, first official uh, guest to Fandible's Imperial Radio. <laughs> so, Jeff, welcome to the Fandible Imperial Radio. Uh, thank you for having me. I am I am honored to be a a pioneer in this space. Though I will not. Um, I, you know what? For the because I'm on Imperial Radio, I will hide my my rebellion loyalties, but I will not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna retract them. Let's put it that way. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's we'll fair. take that. We'll take that. We understand. Uh, we will become knocking at your door later on. Fair. Fair. I, I could can't say I didn't see it coming. But I think that's enough from us. We're gonna turn the show over here to Jeff. So Jeff, why don't you say a little bit about yourself and your game? Absolutely. Um, I am Jeff Stormer. I am a podcaster, game designer, and the unofficial LARP designer of the Olive Garden Restaurant. Um, <laughs> I am the host of Party of One, which is an actual play focused on two-player role-playing experiences. I'm also the co-host of All My Fantasy Children, which is a podcast on the OneShot Network about tabletop character creation, storytelling, and world-building. But for today, I am a game designer, and I am bringing my new uh, superhero role-playing game called Anyone Can Wear the Mask. It is a three-player role-playing game about a hero a villain and their city. And it is designed to evoke stories like, uh, Superman, particularly early, like thirties when, when he wasn't quite, you know, traversing the cosmos and, and fighting gods, uh, and as well as like Spider-Man and Batman and Daredevil heroes who are like that sort of really specific, like I have my home and I have that very strong relationship with it. And that is, that is the vibe that anyone can wear the mask I think evokes really well. Fantastic. I love it. That's exactly the sort of superhero stories that Billy and I love. So again, that's why we were like, yep, we're the we're the two fandable people that are volunteering for this. I candidly, I did send it and I was like, Angela and Billy are going to be here for this. I was like, the two of you are going to be here for this. 
I mean, half of the reason that I shared this with the two with you with you because I was like, I feel like the two of you are gonna be here for this. I'm yeah, I'm just <laughs> I'm gonna project a little bit. And this is why we like you more. I mean, I would have liked you to, liked you the most if you had brought up Green Arrow and his hometown, but you know that's fine. Also he's, a very he, he also did... a very good reference point. Okay, cool, cool. Because he's he's my jam, Green Arrow. Green Arrow. I I I haven't worked out the become mayor mechanics yet. I haven't worked okay, out okay. the mayoral run mechanics, but we're getting there. I'm not saying Arrow. I'm saying Green Arrow from the comics. <laughs> That's a comic book run. That was a run in the comics. Oh, probably. I think it may have been a Kevin Smith run, so oh, we can probably. still n- ignore it. But <laughs> of course, Kevin Smith, we are. Uh, thank you for being a fan of us and listening. Um, we just want to always say we we love you, but we might not love your comics. Fair. And, and I'm that, sure those at one are all point, uh, at one point, we will eventually bring you on. We just always run out of time, unfortunately, with Kevin Smith. Uh, we usually just leave him hanging. It's it's you know you you get that that it's just we run a little bit long we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try and fit it in today yeah right right yeah so speaking of let's dive um, in so yeah this is like I said this is a game about a hero a villain and a city those are the three roles that we're gonna be playing and we're going to start out by creating our characters and then we will play through a series of uh, scenarios or uh, like issues or days in the life or you know superhero like save the day moments. Um, all of which are kind of tied to a location and to a particular person in the city that needs to be saved. Um, the first thing that's going to happen is we're going to like just cover some tone stuff immediately and then we'll kind of dive into it. I mean, this is a game where the hero is never going to uh, fail. Like the hero is never going to the hero will always save the day, but the hero will lose some people like there are people that the hero will not be powerful enough to save. And to make sure that we're all cool with that, like, that's the premise of the game is that, like, that's that's kind of what you're up against is not so much whether or not you'll save the day, but whether you'll save everyone along the way. There's also a big villain that will appear and ruin everything for the hero and kind of ruin your life a little bit. And then you'll make a big dramatic hero's comeback. Are we both are we all cool with that sort of narrative arc? Of course. Yes, I am. Heck yeah. Um, so we, we can kind of cover some safety mechanics. We have X and an O, like we can use those signals where the X card is we take something off of the play entirely. The N card is that we, while we don't stop play, we kind of move naturally in a different direction. And the O card is, is if we're like completely a thousand percent on board and we're like, this is the greatest thing that I've ever experienced. We kind of, uh, verbally evoke the O card and that is our symbol for like, let's really lean into this and make this a much bigger part of the game. With all of the safety stuff covered, we'll dive into our character creation. And the first person that we will create is the hero because the city and the the villain are kind of tied, are kind of reflections of what the hero is. So the hero, um, in Anyone Can Wear the Mask, the hero's role is to, uh, will be pre- the hero will be presented with like threats and locations and people. And it is your job to describe how you save the day, because whether or not you save everyone, you always save the day. It's one of those conceits of comic books that's very important to me. Um, so that is sort of the idea is you're going to like make a note of the people that you save and the people you don't. You're going to make a note of the city and your relationship to it. And you're going to rise up, stand tall and defeat the villain in the final battle. So to make our hero, first off, why don't we introduce which of you is going to be playing our hero today? I am the one that drew playing the hero. This is Angela. I don't know why I said that. I'm the only female voice on here, but. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Angela. 
I've got a few questions for you. Yes. First question. Um, how powerful is your hero? Are you a street-level vigilante? Are you a friendly neighborhood hero? Are you gifted with great power? Or are you a living god? I'm a friendly neighborhood hero. All right. I, I feel that. I feel that. Where do your powers come from? Are they science, magic, technology, ancestry? Who even knows? Or powers? What powers? Uh, they are powers. And she has sonic powers. She has sonic powers. Excellent. I love that. So in in a vague picture, because a lot of it will be in the kind of comic book tradition of we'll figure out what you do when you are presented with situations and you describe how you beat them. But like to give us kind of a uh, an idea as we are kind of painting these pictures for you, what exactly is it that she does? What are her power? What, what, what do you picture as her kind of power set? Uh, I would say that it's it's very literally bombastic. She is not subtle in any sort of way, so it's very much I am going to overpower you with the the sheer volume of my voice or the the pitch of it. You know, she can kind of whatever is is necessary in the moment. You know, if she needs to be super high pitched and break glass, or if it needs to be super loud to get through a crowd. Cool. I love that super voice control. That is that is good to know. That'll give us some good challenges to throw your way. And now the final and, and important question, because this will, this question will determine your character's strong suit, which is something that will come up in play, is how do you help your city? Are you the hand of the people protecting them so they can thrive? Are you the icon that they look up to for inspiration? Are you a smiling face and a friend to those who need it? Or are you the dark knight that avenges the injustice that they suffer? You know, I feel with this sort of potentially destructive power... Uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to say she's, uh, the, the vengeance that walks in the night. Okay, cool. So your strong suit for reference as we go is spades. When we draw spades, that will be kind of in your literal and figurative. That's up, that's up your alley, literally and figuratively. You are the loudest vengeance at night. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You... You are the car alarm that wakes exactly. us all up at one in the morning. Oh, no. <laughs> so she is certainly not the icon of the city. Nope. There's There has to be like some news person that says, we have to get this menace. <laughs> oh, we, we, a lot of us, a lot of us, particularly those of us with jobs and children, feel like <laughs> she is the menace. Um, my last question is, what is your hero's name? She is the Scarlet Siren. Oh, that's a... F- freaking good name is the thing all right so we've met the scarlet siren now once we now know our hero it's time to meet the city in which they operate uh i'm gonna be playing the city i have a deck of cards in front of me um i am well everyone else i am ordinary people extraordinary people heroes villains people trying to live their lives anyone that the hero interacts with with the exception of like the threats that the hero will have to overcome that's that's who I will be playing. How that's going to work is I'm going to draw cards and those are going to tell us the locations in the city and then I'll talk about the people that live there. And when when needed, I will be there to support the hero and like with like support the hero because we need each other and it is my job to kind of lift you up when you're at your lowest. Um so to build our city, which I feel like I got to call Scarlet City cuz I <laughs> I like that that uh that feels like a good um, connection yeah. point. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna answer how large is the city? It can be a small town, a bustling borough, a major metropolis, the whole wide world, or infinity and beyond. I think I'm gonna make this a bustling borough. I think this is I feel like uh, Scarlet Siren, to me, reads as someone that protects uh, more of a neighbor, like not quite a, not quite a small town, but like connected to a major city, but not the whole city. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bloodhaven. Yeah, very much so. And I think I'm going to break this in and then I'm going to, as we go, kind of break this into four smaller sections, uh, each tied to a suit of playing cards. Um, as we do this, we'll kind of, uh, determine like what neighborhood you kind of grew up in, where you live, uh, what neighborhoods you're not as familiar with in our sort of little borough. And we'll kind of build the city card by card as we go. And then, so once we hit, once we know our hero and our city, um, it's time for us to create our villain. Um, your, so villain, Billy, your, your true identity is going to remain a little bit of a mystery for now. But uh, you are welcome to start, like, thinking it through and taking some notes because um, you are the villain. Like, your ultimate role is to be the villain that emerges late in the game. And um, in in comic book terms, you are Darkseid when Darkseid, like, appears on Earth and blows up Metropolis, right? Like, you are you are the grand villain where, like, it we the hero thinks that they have a handle on the world and then this other threat appears. So you're very tied to the hero's presence and you hear heroes, like, power set and legacy and, you know, presence in the city and all these other things. But for now, what matters to you, and I want you to keep this in the back of the mind, is that you are here to destroy. Maybe it's because you crave power. Maybe it's out of spite. Maybe it's part of a larger plan. But this city has to burn, and you are going to be the one that does it. Got it. Um, what that's going to look like in play is that um, whenever I flip a card, you are going to describe the threats that the hero overcomes. Um, as the hero goes, you are going to roll some dice and determine whether or not the hero is able to save everyone on the scene. You are also going to track the hero's injuries and setbacks. And keep a list of the hero's failures so that when we come to our final confrontation, you can kind of shove them in the hero's face to kind of keep them down and really, like, force them to surrender. And then, Angela, your role is to not surrender when that happens because you're going to win, but we need that moment. Yes. Uh, And the one thing I recommend um, as the villain is to kind of keep a running list from numbers 1 to 10, or from 2 to 10, rather, tied to the numbers on a card deck. So that when a number card is drawn, you can kind of look at it at a glance and go, okay, we drew a five. That means there's a bank robbery. So each number will kind of correspond to a certain threat that the siren is going to overcome. And then as numbers come up again and again, different variations on that threat come up again and again. And so that, in a nutshell, is how we're going to be playing the game. Does anyone have any questions before we get into the full experience? None here. No, I'm very excited. I already have my character and his powers picked out. <laughs> good, 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 good. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, all right. So what's going to happen? Um, for reference, when, when I described your big dramatic villain appearing, uh, there is a joke. I have a, a, a deck of cards here. And when I flip the Joker, that is when your villain makes their grand return. When that happens... I'm going to discard a bunch of cards to represent your uh, your your rampage and the, and the damage that you caused the city. And then I'm going to shuffle the other Joker into the deck, which which when that second Joker is flipped, 
represents the hero making their dramatic comeback and bringing you down forever. So there's this, there's a, there's a lull period where you have seemingly won and we need to, we need the hero to come back. But that'll be a little while from now. For now, I'm going to flip a card from our deck. Uh, and then we will describe where the hero's next adventure takes place. So I have flipped the six of diamonds. Whenever I flip a card from two to ten, that means that our adventure takes place somewhere in imminent danger. Here the hero is going to come face to face with something that threatens the city. Physically, emotionally, anywhere in between. Something is putting the city, something is putting Scarlet City in peril. Um, I am going to describe to you a scenario. Scarlet City, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna associate diamonds with uh I'm gonna pull a little bit from my my home city of Philadelphia and say this is the uh this is not quite jeweler's row. This is the uh we're gonna call it the luxury district. This is like the the shopping epicenter of Scarlet City. This is the uh this is where all of the I think there's an outdoor shopping mall here. This is a big, boisterous, loud, very touristy. Like this is this is the this is the place where locals don't really hang out because it's kind of cheesy and gaudy and loud. Um and I think what is happening here is uh someone and I will leave that threat to the hands of our villain to describe what is happening in this uh outdoor mall. But uh that is the uh that is the 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 threat that needs to be presented. Villain, what what villainous plot is unfolding here in the in the luxury district of Scarlet City? The camera shows a group of men. Uh, opening the door of a one of those old U-Hauls that has probably been decommissioned somewhere along this adventure. They have n- normal weapons, nothing crazy. A shotgun here, a pistol here. And as soon as they look around and make sure no one's around, uh, they get rid of those guns. And they carry baseball bats with nails in them, pipes, things like that. And then they start luring, marching people out of it. These people all have bags over their heads. Their hands are all tied together. And they walk towards the front of the mall. As they enter the mall, a security guard tries to stop them, but is immediately beat across the head with a pipe. And as these people march deeper, a lot of the occupants of the mall are concerned. They stop in the middle of this mall. Start kicking down knees so people fall straight onto the ground. And then one of the bad guys who, again, these people are look like just normal day thugs. He holds up a sign that says, shh, S-H-H-H. And they start pulling off people's bags. And all around these people's necks are what looks to be some sort of bomb. And as a gasp goes off, you see a couple of those uh, neck readers go up and gauge as if it's about to get to the red, but then dies down. And as people like get a little louder, it gets closer to the red. And basically, people are starting to understand. Too much sound will be the death of these people. 
I love it. I love it so, so oh. much. So, yeah. So, so we have a pretty natural picture of the people that are in danger here. And those are the people in this mall, right? And also the people that have been taken hostage. Siren, that's who you're here to save today. Now, here's the only problem. And I'm going to ask for your perspective on this. You're out of your element here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this isn't... Both both because of the scenario, but also because uh, why is this not the part of town that you why is this not the part of Scarlet City that you do that you are familiar with? Like, is it that people don't trust you? Is it that you don't frequent this part of town? Like, why is it that you are not just not just out of your element due to this uh, this volume bomb, but out of your element due to the location of this crime unfolding? Uh, the tourists don't like the the vigilante, the you know the darkness of uh, the Scarlet Siren. She is definitely off putting to anybody outside of of Scarlet City. I love it. That's a per- perfect. Um, okay, so uh, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask uh, Billy as the villain. I'm gonna ask you to roll one dice. Just uh, just so our audience knows, do we want high or do we want low? Uh, so you want to roll a regular six-sided dice, higher is better, and then tell me the result, and then we'll then we'll hand play over to the hero to describe what happens next. Oh, and so it's it's better for me, the villain, if it's higher. Or it's better for the villain if, if it is lower, because that means that the hero is unable to save people. It's better for the hero if you roll higher, because it means the hero saves the day or does it in a way that inspires people. Got, uh, I rolled a two. Excellent. Um, okay. Then, uh... Siren, I'm going to present you with it with a two part choice. You managed to stop the threat, but it's messy. Describe how. Describe who you save. Tell me what goes wrong along the way. And then you can either take an injury. You can either get hurt or you can cause collateral damage. All right. So am I choosing that first or is do I describe everything first and then kind of out of the fiction? It makes sense whether it's a injury or collateral damage i think that makes sense yeah let's go with that that works so uh scarlet siren is watching this uh you know she's she's followed this u-haul throughout the city it took a very winding route and it just didn't make sense that a u-haul was going to this touristy part of town there aren't apartments here nobody's moving in so what's going on here? And then, of course, she sees these people being unloaded. She sees the shh sign. And she probably, you know, the the little comic uh, speech balloon has her saying shh, too, with a couple of asterisks and hashtags. Uh, because the, she knows that this is so out of her element in so many ways. Uh, so the way that she is going to approach this is... Uh, the the one advantage that she does have, even though she's out of her element, this isn't the neighborhood that she's usually in, is that she does know it's not glamorous, but she knows the sewer system of Scarlet City. So she's actually able, you know, she yeah, scurries down from the, the rooftops and goes subterranean here. And she is going to be able to pop up, you know, there's different um, manhole covers, there's different utility access. And that's actually how she's going to save people. Uh, Yeah, she's going to, she's going to grab the bad guys and just kind of like pull them down, replace the the manhole covers and 
uh, beat them down there where there is um, the ground and the cement in between her and the people that can dampen the sound. So I think from all that, it makes sense that she's going to take an injury because she is up close and personal with these folks that have, as uh, our villain very aptly described, baseball bats with nails in them, lead pipes. That's the sort of thing that, you know, it's going to only take one hit to to start doing some damage. May I offer a, a, a plot idea for some damage that occurs? Sure. After you knock down most of these people and beat them, uh, you start removing uh, the you start removing the harnesses around their necks. It's an easy job. It looks like it's not even booby trapped. It's leather straps uh, that's connected to some variant of an explosive. And as you remove the last one, and the crowd, uh, you know, you and you look around, most of the crowd's gone. You see someone step out from behind uh, one of the police barricades, and it's an officer, and he looks a little panicked. And then he just holds up a a shaky hand and squeezes a can. And it's one of those uh, air horns in a can. And you look down as the gauge goes up on the collar, that you, the last collar that you're holding. You have enough time to throw it, but it definitely explodes way too close to you. I like it. And the last thing you see as your your vision is blurred is that officer is dropping down to the ground, holding up his hands as the other cops are, like, clearly arresting him. And he's like, I had to do it. I had to do it. I had to do it. I love that. So, so yeah, let me ask. So, so do you still want to get hurt or do you want to cause collateral damage, Siren? There's two. Yeah, you have a bomb in your hand. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's make that collateral damage. Okay. So what's going to happen on collateral damage is I am going to flip a card. I'm going to flip the top card on the deck, and it is going to um, just, like, pile up on the side. All that really, like, functionally, that just represents damage to the city, but on a tangible, like, mechanical level, that means that we, that, like, we have basically sped up our road to the, to the, the, the nemesis is your sort of heroic downfall. You know, we flipped a card. There's one less card in the deck. We are a little bit closer to that nemesis showing up. All right. But for now, the day has been saved. You have been a hero. I'm going to put aside the six of diamonds. You you, you saved the day. That means that uh, you have gained some renown. Your legend has grown, grown throughout the city. Um, this will become important later. And with that, I'm going to flip the next card. And it is the four of spades. Now, let me ask you this, uh, Siren. What is your, what, where inside in Scarlet City, what's your neighborhood? Where are you most comfortable? Uh, I think because you yeah, just established that she's fam- uh, familiar with the, you know, the, the sewer system and kind of that subterranean. Uh, she lives in a, a rougher side of town. Like that's kind of where she, she grew up. And so that's where she has continued to to stake her hideout. It's very easy to hide out in some place like this because this is an area of town where everyone just kind of keeps their head down. You know, they're they're focused on their own problems, their own time to get through the world. And so they don't notice the young woman that comes and goes at strange hours of the night and tends not to speak very much. Honestly, you're probably not the only young person uh, coming and going at strange hours of the night, and not speaking yeah. to people. Um, I'm gonna call this. I'm gonna call this Miller's Kitchen because that is funny to me. Yep. 
Um, so you're in Miller's, we're in Miller's kitchen. Um, we've drawn the four. So I'm going to say, um, this is, this is probably a, the, this is probably not long after you're still recovering or the, you know, there's news reports about the damage that has happened to the luxury district. Um, but it's been a fairly quiet few days. Villain, what happens to put, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to present a, a, an ordinary civilian in danger. This is a uh, this is a short order cook named Big Murray. Big Murray uh, has been working at the same Greasy Spoon Diner for 26 years. Uh, he doesn't own it, but he's just he loves having the job. He loves making breakfast for people. Um, and he is on his way back from work. Uh, so it is late. It is probably like three in the morning, closing time. The bars have emptied out. What, uh, what villainous thing is occurring at 3 a.m. in Miller's Kitchen? And, uh, who's this short order cook called again? Big Murray. Big Murray, he is walking back to his home. And as a big man and kind of just like a staple to the neighborhood, even though it's a rough neighborhood, no one messes with Big Murray. You don't mess with a man who makes hash browns that good. You don't. You don't. And as Big Murky, Murray's walking by one of the uh, older houses and there's a, kind of a, you know, some scrapyard stuff in the back, he hears uh, a few shouts and a couple like, you know, uh, maybe even a gunshot. And he stops and he's like, hey, what's going on over here? And suddenly, out of the darkness, he sees uh, uh, several uh, gang members just running as fast as they can, freaking out, like, oh, God, she's on us! She is on us! And suddenly, Big Murray's eyes snap open as behind these gentlemen, these, these gentlemen thugs, lands a person wearing scarlet uh, with a, a very familiar-looking outfit. And as he says, oh, what is your name again? Scarlet? Siren. Is that the Scarlet Siren? This person holds out her hands and emits a giant cry. That sounds somewhat familiar to the Siren. And these gang members hold their heads as they fall over, screaming in pain. And Murray's like, I guess you had to do what you had to. And suddenly he gets hit with the sonic blast as well. And I'm sure along the way, Angela, you might hear the Siren... The sire, uh, the, the 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 Scarlet Siren, uh, is attacking civilians in Miller's kitchen. This is offensive. How dare she? How dare she in your own neighborhood? Right. <laughs> so, uh, because you're in your own neighborhood, because of the, you are you are the most in your element, villain. I'm going to ask you to roll three dice and tell me the highest result. Uh, four. A four. Um, Scarlet Siren, how do you rise to the occasion and save the day? Who do you save and what great moment of heroism do you achieve? Well, obviously, I'm going to go save Big Murray. Uh, I really like those hash browns. Uh, more than once I've gone there after a long night of heroing. Uh, and so, but because it is the middle of the night, because I've just so recently had that run in in the, uh, the luxury district, uh, Scarlet Siren actually is going to show up out of costume. She's going to show up out of costume, and that's going to kind of be the inspirational moment where people find out that this hero has been living amongst them the whole time. And this is how you can tell that she is the uh, 
the true Scarlet Siren, not this imposter that is uh, wearing like a knockoff Halloween costume version of her outfit. Like it is so cheap and tacky. And I think the uh, I think the comic book effect that we see is when she uses her uh, probably like the Scarlet Siren. When when you use your sonic blast, it's like big uh, like uh, illustrative E's like it's like E. <laughs> but then when she uses hers, it's like it's illustrated A's. So it's yeah. like, ah, and that's how we know. That's yes. how we can tell when the two of you are fighting. That's how we tell who is shooting which which energy blast. And, yes. of, and of course, there's that classic moment where you both finally spin around after punching each other. Then you just both let out that same uh, scream and they collide. But yours is overpowers her and sends her into a wall. And she just lays there uh, dazed. uh completely confused um do you remove the mask yes as you walk up and you remove the mask uh you notice two things uh her vocal cord like when you remove the cords uh you need you see there's a collar around like the cowl of the costume and that seems to be the source of the the sonic abilities it's pretty advanced and as you pick it up it kind of immediately just sizzles apart as if it was booby trapped to say like nope you're not gonna find much about me um and as you look towards the woman you see her eyes are completely bloodshot and she's like i'm sorry i had to i had to i'm sorry i had to and then she just kind of goes limp suffering uh probably going to unconsciousness from the wounds that you gave her fantastic so like with the last one i'm gonna take this card and put it aside your renown is up to two you have really started to prove yourself among the scarlet city like people are really starting to know the name the scarlet siren and honestly like you are really starting to like you know have a reputation as a hero you're not one that everybody likes you've caused a fair amount of damage you know the luxury district the people who run the luxury district have deep pockets but, like, you are starting to form a real, like, connection with the ordinary people, right? We get one of those news montage segments where a business owner is like, Scarlet Siren? Mm-mm. Pure destruction. Anarchist. No, don't like it. But then, like, increasingly num- large numbers of ordinary people are like, yeah, she's looking out for us. You know, they interview someone from Miller's Kitchen that's like, she's one of us, and that means that we stand by her. I love it. So now I want to flip my next card. Um, I flipped the Seven of Hearts. Which means we're coming to a new section of the city, and I'm going to declare that this is Scarlet City Community College. Um, and it's move-in day! That's exciting! Who doesn't love a college move-in day? Um, there are parents dropping off their kids, there are the big giant, uh, big giant, like, uh, moving carts all over the place. Uh, the Scarlet City... The Scarlet City Pimpernel, which they do not, they do not feel is inappropriate, despite the fact that that's kind of the whole deal with the Scarlet Pimpernel. Uh, the Scarlet City Pimpernel is like greeting students and it's this big, giant, elaborate, like mascot looking Zorro figure is like greeting students. Um, all of this is unfolding. It is a packed, you know, the, the, the college itself is packed. Dorms are, students are everywhere. Everybody's wearing their orientation shirts. Um, and this is a seven. So what new threat is facing the, the, the fine young, the future leaders of Scarlet City in the community college? Hit us, villain. The cam pulls up to a, a, a young teenager. Um, I'm sorry, to a teenager. And he looks a little like he's been, he's a little tweaky. 
Like his eyes are like moving back and forth. He's scratching at his skin and he takes a crowbar and he starts working a lock. And as he opens it up, he uh, spins around as he hears something, someone behind him and it's a security guard. And as the kid raises up his, uh, his crowbar, the security guard holds up his hand and says, no, I'm with you. I have to do this. And they both nod their head and they walk into uh, something that reads uh, sewer line. And they're carrying some sort of device. Cuts to uh, the hallway, the dorms, as the kids and the moms and the dads are walking through. You know, the dads are all proud. The moms hugging their sons and daughters, you know, all sad to see them go. When suddenly one of the fathers feels a drop on top of his head. His bald head. So he reaches up, touches it, and he brings it down. And it's a red, red coppery smelling liquid. And then he looks up and he realizes he's right underneath a fire um, sprinkler. And just then the sprinklers activate all of them in every room. Anything that's connected to this wing of the dorm activates and all the people are like, oh, gas. Oh, my God, they're covered in what looks to be blood. But then some of them start actually tasting it. And then their eyes go mad and crazy. And then violence break out, breaks out as they all start just wailing on each other. Moms against fathers, fathers against kids, kids against kids. RAs versus new students. Uh, some kids... Some kids from the University of Scarlet City show up and then they're at each other, they're at their throats because that's a long time rivalry. Oh, yeah. They don't even have the blood on them. They're just, they're just like, <laughs> oh, right. We're ready to clobber. So um, that is the scenario. The, 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 the scenario is there is chaos unfolding in Scarlet City Community College. Siren, what can you do to stop this? But actually, wait, we forgot a step. Uh, you, again, you are out of your element here. You um, and I should I should specify a gameplay mechanic. Um, your strong suit is is spades. That is where you are most comfortable. Um, if you if you have if you draw if I draw a spade, that means you're in your element. These are your neighborhood. These are your people, and you've got this. Then then the villain is going to roll three dice and give us the highest result. If it matches on color, which is to say, if I draw a club. The people here know you, but you haven't earned their trust, and you're going to have to work at it, and then they're going to roll two dice and tell us the highest result. A no match, which is a which is a heart, is that you are, again, out of your element, and these people don't necessarily trust you. In this case, I think that makes sense, because these are a lot of, like, students who are probably too young to follow the news reports, and or they're kids from out of town. So this is not your element. So you are out of your element, which means that the villain is going to roll one dice and tell me that result. One. Oh, that's not good. It's the worst result. Um, so you stop the threat. No matter what, you stop the threat. However, despite your best efforts, you cannot save everyone. So I'm going to ask you two questions. How do you eventually uh, scrape by and stop the threat? And the much harder question, who can't you save? So uh, Scarlet Siren, you know, she hears that there's something going on at the, the community college. And so she she rushes there to to find this very disturbing sight. You know, it looks like people are covered in blood. They're uh, bashing each other in. 
uh, you know, bashing each other's heads in and and just fist fights. Uh, just yeah, as you said, pure chaos. And uh, she is going to give the audio audible equivalent of a slap across the face, trying to snap people out of it. So very high pitched, short shrieks, like getting up close to you know one a uh, couple of, of people engaged in fisticuffs ah, and get them to break up and doing it over and over and over again. But she's getting tired. People are resisting her. And uh, so she she does it a little too hard at uh, the very last uh, group and pushes someone out a third floor window. Oh. And that someone is the dad that first felt the... Uh, the the liquid falling down terrible and i think like it's it's documented right like people see it and um but like i think the i mean more than anybody you see it oh yeah you see that like you just couldn't save everyone and like um his name is i'm gonna call him uh henry henry uh henry carhammer henry carhammer fell out of a third story window and as you're sta- uh, standing there over the speakers of this uh, community college, which is usually reserved for like fire announcement, uh, you hear someone with a raspy voice singing, Hush, little baby, don't say a word. And it, and it just goes <laughs> over and over <laughs> again. Oh, I love it so much. Oh. And with that, You've saved the day. You have not saved everyone, which means we're going to take this seven and we're going to put it aside. Your renown has not gone up because it was well documented that, like, you saved the day, but there were casualties. Right. Which means we're going to flip our next card and we have flipped the ten of clubs, uh, which means I get to flush out the last section of town, which I'm going to call Bendis Haven. Uh, Bendis Haven is the we've got the rough part of town. I think this is the, uh, I'm going to say this is probably like the, the, I guess the nice part of the tracks, but it's still pretty working class because it's still like a black card, which means you're still not like in your element, but people here don't trust you as much as they do in your neighborhood. So it makes sense that this would be like the nicer part of Scarlet City, but that Scarlet City on the whole is still a pretty working class place. Um, so this is like a very suburban residential borough or like section of the borough, right? Like this is, this is, this is where families, this is where families like buy out the house. Like, you know, you go from an apartment in Miller's kitchen to a, to a house in Bendis Haven. Um, and I think this is, um, this is a this is a PTA this is a like uh, not a PTA meeting but a, a town chamber of commerce meeting or uh, a homeowners authority meeting of uh, a group of people like discussing the scarlet siren like in the wake of in the wake of the death of Henry Carhammer this is like a homeowners authority meeting discussing uh what people on this block should do if they see the scarlet siren um and opinion here is uh 
split but in your favor like you like you like people here are largely like look if she's here she has a reason to be here but you know the uh the heads of the hoa are kind of like no no she's gonna cause damages she's dangerous you saw what happened to henry and they are they are throwing a fit when something uh dramatic happens and people need to be saved Suddenly, as these people are debating, you know, talking about some woman stands up. She's like, I'm just worried about the influence that this woman, this this vigilante is having. I mean, we have police for a reason. And someone's like, listen, all she's doing is trying to fill in the gaps where the police haven't been able to respond in time. I don't see how that's a problem. And suddenly the door is kicked in. Or is it blown in? And stepping in wearing these rather large gauntlets is a man and he is dressed up in full regalia of a hero spandex shoulder pads flowing cape and he says i heard you trying to stop us vigilantes huh well you could call me the scarlet the scarlet protector and he punches his hands together and it builds up kind of an, an energy not so much sonic energy but kinetic energy and then he just slams like the nearby councilman into the wall and then he looks towards the uh, cameras and smiles and says vigilante justice brought to you by the scarlet siren and then he, and you just hear rampaging going on oh no of course, several news people are definitely switching over to like, oh yeah, yeah. you know, it's it's all propaganda. It's like, is the siren siren suddenly causing violence? Is she the violence creator? Not video games. Like, it's almost like it was planned. Like the way this was quickly brought uh, together on the news. So, um, to determine what happens and determine how our hero saves the day, villain, I'm going to ask you to roll two d six. Because, like I said, this is this is uh, you're not quite not in your element. But uh, you're still going to have to prove yourself because these people don't quite trust you. Uh, you got a three. The first one was a one. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That's that's the nice thing about rolling multiple dice is that there's that moment of like, well, it's not as bad as it could be. Um, so, Siren. You once again manage to stop the threat, but it's still messy. Um, describe how you stop it. Describe what goes wrong and then either take an injury or cause more collateral damage. Oh, this building's coming down. Like, I, I have already decided that. Uh, because as this Scarlet Protector, if that's even his real name, uh, is is throwing people about, causing all this chaos once more. You know, he's thrown, uh, like, part of the heavy desk. You know, they've got this heavy, ornate desk and he's picked up part of it and just thrown it through a window. And that is exactly where the Scarlet Siren jumps in. And she sees this big burly guy with the gauntlets there. And she just lets out another loud cry. You know, this is the long, drawn out one designed to disorient and push him down. And it's I mean, it's it's sound. So it's while she can direct the fury of it at one person... It's going to affect the the people and the things around her. So all of the other glass starts to shatter with the windows, uh, you know, slowly kind of warping and sh shattering. Um, that's going to cause some structural integrity issues with the building. 
And it's all going to come down on top of the heads of these people who like are all covering their ears and trying to run out themselves. Uh, okay, so you've caused some collateral damage. You damaged this, this building comes down. Everybody gets out of it safely. As you are, you know, right now your scream is just breaking glass and windows and stuff. And the guy with one final smirk towards you and a wink aims his gauntlet towards the pillars, which usually your things wouldn't that affect unless you're going full blast. And he fires one last shot and suddenly the building starts shaking. So while some people would say like, oh, she was the one that brought it down. No, this, it seemed like th this was the goal to get you just to be there. And you can easily start getting people out and everything. Do you do you do you save him though? Because he's perfectly content with just sitting there waiting for this thing to come down. I'm more focused on the people, so I, uh, yes. Yeah, so he's going to be left there. I assume he's going to disappear mysteriously before he can be brought to justice. Well, it's going to take a while to find. I mean, this thing whole thing comes down, so you you have no idea. Okay. Ooh, I love it. I love it a whole lot. Um, but yeah, you managed to save the people, and like, you honestly, like, as much as they are a bunch of cranky old, cranky old wealthy people, uh, you actually kind of managed to win over this homeowners association. They're not happy that their sort of, uh, their sort of, like, neighborhood communal house has been knocked down. And, like, they're certainly, like, grumbling about it, but, like, uh, they actually, I'm gonna say that the, the, the higher up, the, like, head people still don't like you, but, uh, they get outvoted when it is voted whether or not to, you know, formally recognize you as the person that saved them and consider you a friend of, uh, a friend of Kirby Street. Great. Which brings us to our next, our next, uh, location, our next adventure in the saga of the Scarlet Siren. And for that, I flipped the five of spades. So we're back in Miller's kitchen. We are back in your home turf. Um, I'm gonna uh say that now you are you are you know actually this is actually immediately after the last adventure because you know it's late. You 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 just knocked down a building. Um, you are at. Uh, you are at the. You are at the Red Brick Cafe. Or the Red Brick Diner. You're at the Red Brick Diner. The Red Brick Diner is the diner that everybody in Miller's Kitchen knows. It's where Big Murray works. Um, it is, it is, it is a place, and um, I'm going to ask you first, this is an important question for me, just on a purely aesthetic sense. Are you there in costume or not when you get your post-superheroing uh, breakfast platter? She's not going to be in costume because the people of, of Miller's Kitchen have, you know, saw her in her last adventure. So she's trying to do this a little incognito, but, you know, uh, Big Murray makes sure that she's always got the freshest coffee uh, on the house. You know, we're not going crazy. She still needs to pay for her breakfast, but sure. free hot coffee. And what is your breakfast order? These, this isn't game related. <laughs> it's just something I need to know. Uh, let's see. You know, she's uh, a pretty simple uh, breakfast. Two eggs over easy. Uh, hash browns, extra crispy. And uh, a sausage patty. I love it. So I, so you're here. You're in the diner. You've got your food. You're about to dig in. Um, 
everything looks exactly right. The, the, the eggs are that perfect level of overeasing where you can tell you're going to jab one with a fork and it's going to perfectly, perfectly bleed onto those hash browns and it's going to make everything exactly right. Uh, when that is when you hear an explosion outside. Villain, what is happening outside? <laughs> what is happening outside of the red brick diner that is going to take our our Scarlet Siren away from her breakfast? As you turn around, expecting an explosion, you know, because you heard one, uh, instead of there actually being an explosion, there is standing in the front of the diner with a boombox over his head is a person dressed up like a mime. And he just gives a big smile towards people as everybody shook and he hits the uh the side of the boombox turning it off and then does a quick bow and a couple of mime tricks and a few people start going back to their breakfast and he gets an excited look on his face cuz he's noticed a jukebox and he skips on towards it all excitedly puts in an invisible quarter selects a number and waits but the odd thing is is the jukebox does activate and the sound of silence that this uh, starts playing. And he walks forward, leans against nothing as he looks over towards you, smiles, and then his smile drops immediately and says, you know what's interesting? How he gets you fresh coffee. If only he served you the cold stuff like everybody else here. Or maybe you're just more fortunate. And suddenly, uh, every, somebody behind you takes a sip of their coffee and starts choking a little bit and coughing. And they start scratching at their faces. And then you see, all, like, several people in this diner, their eyes are, who have been drinking the coffee, the cold coffee, not the hot coffee that you got. Their eyes go wide as if they are definitely experiencing the same sort of drugs that the dorm had experienced. And the mime says... Doesn't say anything. He just presses his finger, his uh, uh, his hands against his mouth, and makes an O sound like "oh," and violence erupts. That's very good. Oh, he does stick his finger in your eggs to ruin it too, because he's a dick. This is now very Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey, who just wants to eat her bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. Oh, makes me so happy. Um, okay, so you're in your element. You're in Miller's kitchen. So, villain, roll me three dice and tell me the highest result. Okay, the first one's one. The second one is one. I swear to God, Billy, if you roll three of a kind. And the third one is a five. <laughs> oh, I was I was worried that. I was like, what? I was worried. Uh, all right, Siren. Uh, you do your thing. Tell me about the great moment of heroism that you achieve and the people that you save. Siren has had a night. She's had a, a long night of saving people, and it's not too long after the the community college. She is tired, just wanted to eat her eggs. Like, is that so much to ask of this city? Like, she doesn't ask for a lot. All she wants is her eggs. She's not looking for recognition. She's not looking for money. She just wants to eat her eggs. And so her her fix is simple but effective. And thinking about how the last time this happened, uh, the, the 
poison was spread, she just, re- you know, she climbs on a table and reaches up to the ceiling and pulls on um, one of the, the fire extinguishers or the, you know, of the, the uh, fire sprinklers, forcing the system to activate. And as everybody is hit with this cold water, muddy water, from what I've heard, like the water stays stagnant in there. So this isn't a clean break, but it shocks them out of it, just like her voice did last time, but with much less damage. Perfect. And it, it goes off without a hitch. Everyone is saved. Um, Not you her get- breakfast, though. Her breakfast, her breakfast unfortunately, did. was the casualty along the way. <laughs> um, but you do get you do get an opportunity to get that one good shot off on this mime that ruined your breakfast. <laughs> um, and yeah, you've saved the day. You did it. Like you accomplished the like you you saved all of these people. Um, you did what you couldn't do last time. And for a moment, and like I think. I think when you turn around, there's a new plate of food like waiting for you because Murray, he's not gonna let he's not gonna let the person that saved the day he's not gonna let you you not enjoy your breakfast. You know, he 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 knows that he owes you two now, and he's not gonna let you go hungry. Ah, thanks, Big Murray. Which means that I'm gonna flip my next card, and I flipped the Queen of Diamonds. Now this is not a place that is in imminent danger. This is somewhere personal to you, Siren. Let me ask you, where are we right now? Where is a place that is personal? Um, this is somewhere that you have a responsibility, but you also have a life of your own. There is a person behind the mask, and that person has friends, loved ones, people that count on them. At this moment, you find yourself in one of those moments with someone you care about. Someone that knows the real you. What is your life like when you are not wearing the mask? When she's not wearing the mask, she is, uh, uh, trying to think of a good name for her. Uh, when she, when Scarlet Siren is not wearing the mask, she is Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth, uh, Silverman. And Elizabeth Silverman has, uh, she has a grandmother that she loves very much. And the grandmother is in an assisted living facility. You know, she's not like on death's door, but she needs a lot of help with the day-to-day stuff. Uh, and so it is Elizabeth's weekly visit to go see grandma. And, you know, she does, you know, she takes grandma to the hair salon and they do, you know, they get mani-pedis and that sort of thing. It's a, it's a girl's day. So she's there to pick up grandma for her, their girl's day out. Okay. And I think while you're there, um, I'm going to introduce someone that is connected to a part of your life. Um, the part of your life that, that this is connected to is tied to the suit of the card because this is diamonds. This is someone connected to your professional life so i'm gonna say that this is someone that uh this is someone that this is the director of the assisted living facility that your grandmother is works at like you've you're 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 bringing your grandmother home at the end of a long day right you've had this wonderful girls day together you know um and the the director her name is uh maureen uh her name is uh maureen lafleur Maureen, 
greets you. She's got her check. She's got her clipboard and she's she she she, you know, signs your grandmother back in and she kind of um she hands you a coffee. She has another one like on the counter by her desk, but she hands you a coffee. Cause I think at this point, like your grandmother's probably been here long enough that like you're pretty close to Maureen at this point. Like, you know, there's the professional obligation of like she is taking care of your grandmother, but like as any good uh like caretaker, she's, you know, developed a friendship with you. She knows you, and I think so she kind of the two of you go walking together and she 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 checks in with you and, and you, you get to meet with your grandmother and meet with this this friend of yours, this confidant, this someone that kind of knows, if not your secret, at least knows the real you. And so between this this girl's day with your grandmother and catching up with your friend and confidant Maureen, I'm going to ask you, what do you take away from this meeting? How does it help center you and how does it remind you about why you wear the mask? What she takes away from this is a renewed connection to family because, uh, you know, there's the obvious connection with her grandmother. But when someone takes care of a member of your family long enough, uh, as you were saying, like, not only is she a friend and a confidant, but I am trusting her with such an important member of my family. So in a lot of ways, it becomes a familial connection. So she's she's renewed by this sense of family and it reminds her that that family family is so much more than blood. Like family is the people that you choose to surround yourself with and uh Elizabeth slash Scarlet Siren has chosen to surround herself with the people of Scarlet City. I love that. I love that a, 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 an absolute ton. Um, you have this beautiful centering moment. You're reminded of your relationship to the people of this city. You come home refreshed, rejuvenated. Uh, you've got like a beautiful glow because they put a really wonderful mask on you that just <laughs> you're like you're you're beaming. Yep. And that's and that's when you flip on the news. That's when you turn on the TV. Never should and do that, that. Never should do that. Is when no! I flip the Joker. Which means it is time for the downfall. Really, could not have been better timed. <laughs> really feel like could not have been a better timed moment. At least Scarlet's going to look her best. <laughs> oh yeah, at least <laughs> she's looking great. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode from the Fandible Podcast Network. If you liked what you heard, please consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other network. And don't forget to share your favorite episodes with friends or on social media. Speaking of, you can connect with us on Twitter at Fandible. Find out more about us at Fandible.com and get early access to episodes and exclusive content at our Patreon.